Here comes the only cast-out iron guarantee available on British radio. By one o'clock today, if you keep your dial locked to LBC, you will know more than you do now. Guaranteed. Or your money back. I can't guarantee that it will be useful information, or indeed information that you subsequently feel grateful for having absorbed, but you will have more of it by one o'clock than you do now, because this is Mystery Hour, your weekly opportunity to get an answer to the question that has had you puzzled for the longest time. To get your question on the board, the number you need is 0845 606 A word of explanation, if you would, given that this is the first time we've been broadcasting Mystery Hour live right across the nation. Frank's pleased. He's in Southport. It says, great to have you back on DAB. I've missed the fabulous Mystery Hour. But will our friends in the north ask questions already asked previously? And there, Frank helps us highlight one of the two rules that govern this hour of radio. The only circumstances in which your question won't get on the board are... If it's repetitive, if it's something with which we have dealt relatively recently, and my esteemed colleague Jones the Engineer and I can remember having dealt with it at some point in the past. There is an archive on the website. It's great fun, actually, really wittily written. lbc.co.uk, where you can find uh, an account of the questions already asked and hopefully answered. That's rule number one. Rule number two is dullness. So the chaps answering the phone today have got their work cut out. But dullness will not be tolerated, and they are very polite, well-brought-up young men, so they may balk at the notion of telling you that we're not going to allow your question onto the programme because it's boring. Just take the hint, will, we, will you, and, and, and free up the phone line for somebody else. 0845 is the number that you need. You will always hear me say that number when I've got phone lines free. You will only hear me say it this hour when I have phone lines free. In other words, it has to... Uh, Uh, It has to be available, otherwise it's just annoying for me to hit you over the head with it every ten minutes. And I think that's all you need to know. If you hear somebody else ask a question to which you know the answer, then go ahead, ring in, and cover yourself in glory. The prize for such illumination is a mystery hour round of applause, one of the most sought-after accolades in the whole of... In the whole of the world, in the, the whole of the solar system, the whole of the universe. That's more than enough from me, but just remember, if you hear me say the number, you will get through it. You, well, it means there's a phone line into the building, and I'm told that judicious use of redial is the cleverest way to uh, insulate yourself against the engaged tone. Some people get through with great ease, as they never tire of telling me. Other people try weakly to get through and fail. So all you need is the number and redial and... Uh, and girded loins, 0845 Two phone lines I can see there. Let's kick things off, and then anything that's not clear will immediately become so. Uh, Pat is in Basildon. Pat, what's your question? Hello, James. Hello, um, I've been wondering for a while now, a few weeks anyway, yes. where does the phrase stone the crows originate from? Oh, yeah. I remember my mum's my pet sort of side of the family saying it a lot. Stone the crows. I'm just trying to think, it, it, it sort of... St- so it's an expression of shock, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like a sort of some, a surprise. If you threw a stone at a flock of crows and they all washed up in the air, that would be quite shocking. Yeah, but no, you wouldn't... It wasn't saved for just that. It was... <laughs> no, I know, no, like, I know. I'm trying to think where yeah. it came from. So, yeah, in fact, no, I should stop yeah. doing that as well. Why am I it even trying? You're not asking me. It's like, oh, stone the crows. No, like I know what it means. Put a bit yeah. of enthusiasm into it, Pat. It was like, <laughs> oh, stone the crows! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've often wondered where it's from, and yeah. I've been. Well, I have now. Yeah. Okay, it's got nothing to do. With, it's got nothing to do with marijuana. 
No. Just to clarify. I don't think so. No, so, so nor, nor, nor do I. We only allow one a week, by the way, before you pick up your phone and think, oh, where does the phrase by Jove come from? Or where does the phrase, what was the other one that we had a minute ago? Where does the, all of these phrases, we're allowed one figure of speech a week. Otherwise, we get bogged down and we turn into the radio equivalent of Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable, which I heartily recommend, by the way. Uh, so if you can answer that, origins of the phrase Stone the Crows, we like that. You're not allowed to look anything up just mentioned a reference book that i love but i'm not allowed to use it while i'm on air during mystery hour you can read it for fun and then bring as, as some callers have done most notably wayne in basildon over the years have brought the fruits of their learning from some reference books to the table when the right question pops up but you're not allowed to look anything up it's a celebration this hour of illumination education elucidation susan cheshire sue question or answer a uh, question come on then uh, yeah, it's a question my son posed to me. He talked about what was my favourite generation. He said, yours must have been the 80s. I said, no, actually, it was the noughties. He said, well, mine would be this, but we couldn't not work out what we would call this decade. Because we had the 80s, the 90s, the noughties, so what are we calling this decade? The 2010 decade, that we couldn't work it out. And I posed it to friends at the school the and nobody teen, could The teen, the 20-teens. Is it the teens? I did say it could be the teenies or the tweenies. I wasn't sure. And what are you calling it, Sue? Um... I'm not calling it any to 2014. So it's a decade. What's this yeah, decade, decade called? Um, like, Sue, can I just... Would you let me interrupt for a moment? Go on. Jones the Engineer's got that look on his face where he's, he thinks your question's really stupid. I know, and you no. know what? You're making me feel it's really... No, wait, no, 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 you stay there a moment, all right? Jones, seriously, zip it, mate. That is a very good question. You can't just answer it by sitting there with that supercilious grin on your face going, it's the teens. Obviously, it's the teens. I've never heard you refer to the teens. I've never heard anyone refer to the teens. No, neither have I. <laughs> it's all right, Sue, I've told him now. <laughs> Thank you. We'll get that question on the board. What's Thank this? you very much. Uh, and can I just say, it's been no. a brilliant show this oh, week. Oh, yes, all right. What Thank do you mean, you. this week? Oh, it has been all along, but it's just, oh, yesterday, you in the bedroom tax, that was just fabulous, oh, bless fabulous you. hour. Bless you. All available at lbc.co.uk, remember, all of our output on this radio station, not just mine. Elaine's in Forest Hill. Hello, Elaine. Hello. You're becoming Mystery Hour royalty, do you realise <laughs> that? <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, some, you're probably going to ask me why I'm going to ask this in a second, but how yeah. close to the Earth has an asteroid have to get for it to be pulled by gravity onto the Earth? What are you the worried reason? about? The reason I'm bringing this up is yeah. that Professor Stephen Hawking said in a brilliant program he did last Sunday that there is a, an asteroid coming to us called Apophis. Apophis Pardon? That's 20 million tonnes in weight, they estimate, Gosh. and will reach us on April the 13th, 2020. It's only 15 years away, and it's going to miss us by 23,000 miles, right. which seems a lot. But he said also in this program it's going to be low enough to actually go underneath satellites orbiting the Earth. Good Lord. Now, I'm, I'm just wondering how close would that rock, rock if you like, have to... It's bearing in mind it's 20... Apparently it's estimated at being the height of 100 floors of an office block. It's a big old meteorite. Floors. Sorry? It's a big old meteorite. Is it a meteorite or an no, asteroid? asteroid? What's the asteroid. difference? What's the difference? I don't know, but oh, I'm going to no, find out someone's going to ring in with that... No, no, no. Well, I'm only well, I presume a lot's to do, do with size, but apparently it's been travelling since the beginning of time. Haven't we all? Um, but, as I said, it's what concerns me is the fact it can actually go under the satellites. It's that close. I never realised the satellites go as far as 23,000 miles. I don't understand that, because outer space is about as far away as Oxford from where I am now. Outer space is about 100 miles, or it's just up the, up the M40. Four. But what I'm, say what I'm trying to ask is... No, I know what you're asking me, Elaine. Don't talk to me like I'm stupid. What I'm asking is, 
Right, <laughs> whether, whether if it was, say, 15,000 miles from Earth, would it be pulled in by Earth's gravity? So where does gravity start working? Yes, but, I mean, obviously it must be dependent on what's coming at it. But when you consider the water on this Earth, is, uh, is the, the, the moon affects the water on this Earth, and that's thousands and thousands of miles away, isn't it? Apparently. So, if, I mean, you know, it just shows you how far out gravity can go. Is this your show or mine? No, I'm just, you know, explaining. No, I know, I know, I just, I just forgot. I'm sorry, I'm sorry if you did miss this programme last night. It was absolutely riveting with all sorts of CGI effects and everything. Yes. Any any other TV recommendations, Elaine, while you're here? Well, there's going to be one, funnily enough, can you believe this, there's one tonight on on Astronauts on BBC Four, which probably would be uh, well worth seeing. Can you, when are you going to get yourself, when are you going to get yourself on BBC Four and start directing customers to LBC, (laughs) Elaine? Because it's sounding a bit one way at the moment. (laughs) Oh, no, it's not Mystery Hour tonight. But it, it could be that there's some follow-up questions which might come from tonight's programme. We shall see. Elaine, it's always a genuine pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, how close to the Earth does an asteroid have to come to be affected by gravity? And if you ring up to ask what the difference is between an asteroid and a meteorite, you're going to get a metaphorical slap. Uh, origin of the phrase Stone the Crows. And what's this decade called? 0845 606 if you can answer... Any of those questions. Jamie's in Dagenham. Uh, Jamie. Hello there, Jamie. Uh, right. I've yeah. got a question for you. Go on then. What is, I think it's called the arc yeah. on the edge of the penalty box on a football pitch for? Because it's not used as part of the penalty area. And as far as I know, it's not used in any other part of the game. It is used as part of the penalty area. Well, but it's not, uh, if, there's a, a, if there's a foul in the arc, that's not a penalty. No, but in the outfield, when you're taking a penalty, the, or the, the players have to be... It's a, it's, it's a distance from the ball, isn't it? So that's going to be a circle rather than a square. So the distance from the penalty spot, the, the outer extreme of oh, it, right. is the arc. And that means right. that you're not allowed to stand in the arc when someone's taking a penalty. Yes, tap yourself. Get in! <laughs> Thank you very much. Hang on, where's the applause? Oh, where's it gone? Oh, do you know any jokes? Oh, there it is. <laughs> Happy days. That's part of the national rollout. They've, they've, they've fiddled with Jones's buttons. That's unbelievable. Uh, Hugh's in Brecon in Wales. Hugh, welcome. What, what have you got for us? Hi, I think I've got an answer to the Stone the Crows. Oh, issue. good. Excellent. My understanding is that the Ravens at the Tower of London, mm. if they were to leave there, it would be catastrophic. That's, that's it, what they say. That's that, that true. Yeah. And that it is an old cockney expression that sort of says, you know, an unheard of thing would be to stone the groves. No chance. No chance. You say, well, why wouldn't it be stone the ravens? But still, I mean, it's specifically a right. They clip the wings of the ravens in the Tower of London so that they can't fly away. And you describe it as a catastrophe, but it's only the end of the monarchy that it would signal, I think. Or is it an invasion? Just a little thing, yeah. I, I think you're right about the ravens and the Tower of London. I think you're struggling, Hugh, to, uh, to, to bring that to the Stone the Crows phrase. If you're right, I will not only play your retrospective sound of applause, but I'll also eat a slice of humble pie. But I can't let you have that. And it's, it's humble pie. It's not humble pie. It's humble pie. What do we, is that true? Is that a Welsh thing? Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's humbles. Humbles are, um, offals. Oh, give them a round of applause. That's like completely unprompted information. So humble pie is a complete misnomer. Yeah, there's no edge. It's an humble pie. And wh- why would I eat an humble pie after making a mistake? Well, you'd be a thought, well, it's, it's just basically that you're, uh, so uneducated, you wouldn't have a, an income and you'd be eating cheap food. I, 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 I don't know why I went so enthusiastically for your 
umble theory when your raven theory was so rubbish, actually, in retrospect. Hugh, <laughs> <laughs> you got the round of applause. I'd bank it while you can. It's 12.15, it's Mystery Hour. This is LBC. Leading Britain's conversation, Ken Livingstone and David Meller, Saturday mornings from 10 on LBC. Kenneth seems to sort of live in an outer room occupied by Ed Miliband, constantly available to give him advice. I tell you what I find interesting about dealing with Ed Miliband is he listens and engages and comes back and, in a way that Tony Blair never really did with me, he tells me when he thinks I'm wrong. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Dave and Ken, for taking my call. My dog doesn't get a walk until your program's over. Ah. <laughs> we look forward to walking. <laughs> I hope he doesn't take his revenge on your carpet. Ken Livingstone and David Meller. Saturday mornings from 10, only on LBC. 21 minutes after 12, and this is LBC. Ken, Ken and David with you on Saturday. If you, if you haven't heard that program before, you're in for a treat. Dare I say, would it be unloyal, disloyal to say an unexpected treat? But it really is a lovely combination. They spark off each other in a way that is delightful to witness. Uh, Mystery Hour is underway, and questions that still need answers include, what's this decade called? Origin of the phrase, stone the crows, and how close to the Earth does an asteroid have to come? before it is affected by our gravitational field. 0845 is the number to call if you can answer any of those questions, or indeed if you have one of your own. And as I glance at the switchboard, I see a single, a single phone line winking in the twilight. If you'd like to grab it, hit the numbers now. You will get through. Joe is in Basildon. Joe, question or answer? Good afternoon, James. Hello, nice Joe. to talk to you again, mate. Likewise. Um, I've got, I need a naval historian for this one, mate. Okay. I'd like to know what was the first to be named HMS uh, in Her Majesty's Royal Navy. Uh, the first ship to be named HMS. Well, not Because that. going back to Tudor times, it was the Mary Rose, for example. Are you sure? Which, Are you sure it wasn't HMS yeah. Mary Rose? No, it's called the Mary Rose. That's what it was called then. I'd like to know what is the first ship to be named HMS. Because you go back to, like, uh, Napoleonic times, it was HMS Victory and all the other uh, ships that we had. So I'd like to know what was the first ship to be called HMS. No, no, I, I, yeah, you're on. Yeah, would be. A, I wonder what the decision was. I, I, you, I'll just stop spluttering, shall I, Joe, and get the question on the board. Uh, we're staying in Basildon for the next one. Uh, a man who likes to see himself as mystery our royalty, but but isn't. <laughs> Wayne is here. Wayne, question or answer? It's a question, sir. Come on then. Uh, I just want to know what happens to your Twitter account when you die. I wouldn't normally say Twitter, but I know how you. Uh, Pull me up on T's. I didn't pull up the last fella on H, so I probably would have let ah. you get away with a drop with a with a, glo- <laughs> with a glottal stop on your T's. Twitter, Twitter. Um, why? Are you, you're not contemplating anything silly, are you, Wayne? No, I'm just wondering if, if you know something happens to me. What happens to my 818 followers? <laughs> well, they, well know, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. It's the Twitter <laughs> account you're asking about. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, because, like, you know when you don't use an email account, right, it, it shuts down. I didn't know whether... Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I still get... I, I think someone's still operating it, actually, but Mike, Michael Winner is still on Twitter, and we, and we lost him a while ago, didn't we? So it probably really? depends on activity. If, if, if there's no... Well, why am I even trying to answer that? I haven't got a clue, so we'll find out for you. Although Twitter are notoriously difficult to get hold of. Someone might know. How long do you have to leave it inactive before it stops working, is the question, really, if indeed it stops working at all? Because, Wayne, they're not going to know you're dead. All they're going to know is that you haven't tweeted for a while. not using it. Yeah, so yeah. that's the question. It's got nothing. You didn't have to get all morbid and, and bring death into it. How long well, do you have we... to leave it for before, it, 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 before the account dies? Yeah. I don't know. 
do. <laughs> oh, eight, four, five, six, oh, six, oh, nine, seven, three, if you can answer that. Tim's in Sidcup. Tim, question or answer? Answer. Come on, then. Uh, the meteorite question, how close it would need to be yes. to, to hit this. It's not just about how close it is. It's about how fast it's moving as well. Right. Um, if it was just above the planet and wasn't moving, it would drop straight down to hit us, even if it was really, really far away. But the fact that it's moving really quickly means it would just sort of slingshot around us. So it gets, it, it might feel a bit of gravitational pull, but not enough to get pulled towards Earth. Yeah. It will be affected by the gravity, the same as everything in the solar system is affected by everything else in there. I mean, even though it's even a hell of a lot further from the sun, because the sun's so big, the, the sun will affect the way it's moving as well. So it's, so too, it's, simple, it's, it's too simplistic a question from Elaine, really. Well, yeah, a bit, but it's, it's, it's all about the speed it's moving and the, the sizes and shapes of everything that else is moving around it. Plus, of course, Why? Why it's is so it? Why, big. why is it? Why, why? Why? Um, I'm not sure exactly how to describe it. I mean, the, the mass of it would be complicated and boring. It's An, uh, elliptical orbits. Yeah, it, everything. It's everything All in space is basically falling, and if it's falling t- towards us, it, it gets faster. And if it goes too fast, it, 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 it enters orbit. The same way as they're shooting a space rocket up, it goes up, and then it, go, it reaches a certain speed and a certain distance away. It just starts falling around us constantly so instead I think, of falling back down onto us. I think we all registered the true intent behind elaine's original inquiry because she gave us so much detail Twenty-three thousand miles away april the 13th 2020 she was worried about the prospect of an asteroid hitting earth how, yeah, d- well, how d- the, does your information comfort her or concern her further uh i, I think it should should comfort her because it, it's moving very quick and there's a lot of other stuff pulling it around it, it's unlikely that it, it's going to hit us it, it's going to go past and it will have an effect it'll probably have yeah, some the, sort of effect on the tide that's what the dinosaurs said tim yeah the, well the dinosaurs weren't looking they were busy <laughs> eating leaves yeah, i wasn't i wasn't being literal <laughs> dinosaurs can't talk it's 26 minutes after 12 you're listening to mystery hour on l B, C. If you've got a question you would like to ask, or you can answer one of the questions already on the board. Oh, we didn't give Tim his round of applause. Get Tim back. That's so rude of me. I'm so conscious of... Tim, are you there? Yes, I'm here. You get a round of applause. Yay! <laughs> I'm delighted. I'm so delighted by it. Melvin's in Labrook Grove. Melvin, question or answer? Hi, James. Oh, answer. Go on, then. And it's to the name of this decade. What's it called? It's called the Twenties. The what? The twenties. The twenties. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, we should I mean, have clarified. The question is, what does everybody call it, Melvin? Not what do uh, you call it? Well, okay. Well, uh, I found I read it yeah. in a Telegraph article in 2010. You can't trust anything you read in the Telegraph. They, they, they <laughs> claim this this show was all about my opinions yesterday. They don't know whether they're coming or going. Well, I just I, I just remember. I mean, the, the other name they gave was the tweenies. But I remember it because both names were so ridiculous that yes. I had a good old laugh about it. Well, they're not official. You're right. Someone has mooted Twenties, But that, in a way, just proves that this decade hasn't got a proper name. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it did actually say that once you get to 2020, it would be fine and, and it would have a normal name. This is the 20s, actually, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, exactly, 80s, 90s. But, but, Noughties even but, sounded a bit odd when it happened, but in retrospect, is perfectly sensible. Yes. Um, what, did they did the 19, what did they call the 19? What did they call the 20th century decade that began in 1910? I've no idea. I don't... Well, like, there's some people behind you. Ask them. Yeah, they're just leaving the office. No, go on quickly. Ask them. 
Melvin. Oh, Melvin. Now, Melvin, oh, Melvin, you don't want them to know that you're phoning Mistria, do you? you? Do they think you're on the phone to a client? Uh, they do, actually. Yeah, I thought they might. So that's why I could tell from your answers that you weren't necessarily... Provi- All right, I'm not giving you a round of applause for, for, for your answer because it's rubbish. I'm giving you a round of applause for skiving off work to call me. But that's just for Melvin. No one else gets a round of applause just for skiving off. You can't call it the Twenties because you'd sound ridiculous. Marginally less ridiculous than you would if you called it the Tweenies. Uh, Conrad, oh, hang on, phone lines. 0845 is the number to call. Um, I, I, I'm never quite sure how to play this because, uh, presumably, if you're having trouble receiving the programme at the moment because of something that's just happened technologically, you won't be receiving the programme at the moment and you won't hear me explain why you're receiving problems receiving the programme. We're in a sort of weird vortex of logic. But we've just switched off one of our digital platforms based in London and switched on the national, which is already on the national platform. So if you've lost me on DAB and tuned in on FM, you can uh, find us on DAB. Just go back to your DAB tuning and and look for LBC. It's there. It's just coming from a slightly different place from where it was coming before. And they've turned off that one. So now you need to go to the... I said to them, what's the point in me explaining this? Because the people who need the explanation, by definition, won't be hearing me. But it's been pointed out, and indeed Zoe on Twitter has just done it. She's gone old school, back to FM, but we're back on DAB as well. It's coming up to half past twelve. Conrad will be up first after the news. After Conrad, it could be you, but there's only one way you can get yourself in the queue, and that's by dialing 0845 6060 973. You're listening to Mystery Hour on LBC with... James O'Brien. The uh, other ways you can get in touch with the programme include Twitter, at LBC, or at Mr. James O'B, if you want to get personal. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 26 minutes to one, this is indeed Mystery Hour, and uh, I hope that guarantee's already been fulfilled at 12 o'clock every Thursday. I promise that by one o'clock you'll know more than you do now. Probably already you do. What, what might you have learned about? I don't know, but what we're still seeking to learn are answers to these questions. What's the origin of the phrase Stone the Crows? What's this decade called, and which was the first ship to be his or her majesty's ship what was the first hms and you've got to know from memory you're not allowed to look stuff up it's a it's an unfashionable thing but we're rather fond of education and knowledge here rather than instant gratification and google uh and speaking of google twitter how long do you have to leave an account alone before it that's not a very good question that actually i I think wayne only got on because he's mystery our royalty nearly i'm not sure that that's up to our usual sparkling standards um, but if you know the answer, you're more than welcome to join in. Shall we crack on? I think we should. Nicholas is in Wandsworth. Question? Oh, no, Conrad's first. Conrad's in Hendon. Question or answer, Conrad? I have a question, please, James. Bring it on. Um, as it's St. Valentine's Day tomorrow... Is it tomorrow? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. I think it is, isn't it, the 14th? God, you're right, man. Crikey, that was close. Thank you. Well done. Cheers. Carry on. <laughs> I would like to know, what are the origins of doing a mixtape? What's that got to do with Valentine's Day? It's to do with love. Oh, a mixtape? Yeah. So you don't mean an actual mixtape, where you've used two decks to mix the tunes together? No, no, this is the one where you you take all her so-called favourite songs and put them down. And you got through with this question. Who put you through? Can you describe his voice to me? It was very husky. That narrows it down, actually. <laughs> you thought this was a good question, did you? Seriously. All right, Conrad. Oh, can you, I c- can uh, you answer it? Yeah, because I can. Cause I can. <laughs> what, describe the origins of the mixtape. Yeah. Yeah, the, the invention of the tape recorder. Okay, okay. If you want to 
take it that level. <laughs> what do you mean, take it to that level, like I'm doing something wrong? Give me an alternative <laughs> analysis. Give me your history of the mix. So, so what happened was, they invented the tape recorder, they made a machine <laughs> with a radio and a tape recorder on it, or the twin tape machine came out, and somebody thought, I'm going to yeah. put all my girlfriend's favourite songs on one tape and give it to her on Valentine's Day. <laughs> You lemon. Okay, so How could you have thought that was a question? <laughs> uh, the producer I'm, thought you I'm, meant a proper mixtape. He thought that I'm you meant a wanger, wanger, wanger. Yeah, well, that would have been equally easy, because that was invented when the twin table turntables were invented. <laughs> the twin deck turntables were invented. Mixing. A mixing desk. Yeah. Uh, uh, just okay. give me several round of applause, please, Jones. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, all right, stop it. Conrad, carry on. Nicholas is in Wandsworth. Question or answer, Nicholas? <laughs> uh, question. Come on. Yeah, what causes the, the blackness, the greyness in clouds? Because, I mean, I thought light goes through water. So why, if you have, like, a really bad thunderstorm coming, it gets really, really black? I've never really understood the reason for that. Yeah, no, nor have I yet. I mean, it's the absence of light, isn't it? Darkness. But as you say, it should go through. St Doesn't it matter the thicker it is? Nah, come on, think about it. You, you walk into the kitchen, I've got the kettle on, you can't see me on the other side of the, of the stove. What? The steam. You can't see through the steam. So the thicker the steam, the less light, the less light, the more darkness. Uh, um, could be. You're not, you're Could not, sound, you don't sound, I, I'll be honest I'm with you, Nicholas, you don't, you don't sound drunk with enthusiasm for my answer. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not used to that answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I just, I just, I just finally thought, because light goes through, I, the only thing, the only thing I was thinking, which I don't want to answer my own question, no. do I really? Well, no, feel free, you can speculate. Well, yeah, you won't get a round of applause. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know when you go deep sea diving, you know, those people go really, really deep, it gets darker and darker and darker. Could that have something to do with it? Yeah, I think it probably does. The light just simply doesn't penetrate through. But it's doesn't... easier to imagine that in the context of an ocean than it is in the context of a cloud, which we think of as being relatively or comparatively thin or small compared to the ocean. Oh, yeah, I like exactly. it. So we need a proper meteorological answer, don't we? And it's very relevant with the climate change we're going through at the moment. Yes, it is. It is. And in fact, I, I, I'm going to start a petition to have climate change deniers employed as human sandbags. Would you be interested <laughs> in signing it? Um, no. <laughs> it's 12.38. This is LBC. Can we answer Nicholas's question, please, about uh, well, the dark bits in clouds? We're probably close to an answer there, but I'd like to get it definitive. Uh, when does Twitter... When, it's a rubbish question that way, and it really is. Every time I start repeating it, it's not as bad as, my, as, as the mixtape question, I grant you, but it's still poor. Uh, first ship to be HMS, that's more like it. What's this decade called? We quite like that. And the origin of the phrase, stone the crows, that's a cracker. Uh, Michael is in Shoreditch. Michael, question or answer? Uh, question. Come on, then. Uh, before you tell me off, it's a slightly double-pronged question, right. uh, but very quickly. The gestation period uh, for pregnancy, nine months, has that always been nine months since the beginning of, since the origin of Homo sapiens? Homo sapiens. Crikey. What's the other prong? And if it, the answer is yes, which I suspect <laughs> it is, why hasn't it evolved? You mean got shorter? Yeah, in terms of, as I understand it, it's to do with sort of um, protection, you know. As society and everything has got safer, how we look after children, should it not just got shorter? Because it might be six months now. I think I can answer the second bit. Okay. <laughs> it, it wouldn't make the survival of the child born any more likely if it were born sooner. In, in no, other yeah. words, I mean, to paraphrase Darwin at its most simplistic level, 
a baby born fully formed at six months is no fitter in terms of survival of the fittest than a baby born fully formed at nine months. So it wouldn't be evolutionarily advantageous to have a shorter gestation period. But as society moves I forward... I knew you were coming is, back at is that. Is it not evolutionary... Um, Evolutionarily. Sorry. Put your teeth in. It's Try again. Better, it's surely it's better for the, the female, the mother, to only be pregnant for six months. She's going to be fitter that way around. And she could have more children, as yeah, so the so proliferation of the genes exactly. of the species... All right, that's a very complicated question, but I, but I do quite like it. If you get your, if, I, if I get you a proper answer to that, I'll, I'll expect a round of applause myself, to be honest. Why, why? Yes. So elephants are about 14 months, aren't they? So it could be a biological imperative rather than a genetic one. I don't know. Why am I even talking? I don't know what half of those words mean. It's 12.41, it's LBC, it's Mystery Hour, it's James in Crystal Palace. What have you got, James? Uh, my question is about mankind. Oh, um, great. Can't we if... do something about socks? <laughs> We've just gone a bit flipping deep with the last one, haven't we? Go um, on. Well, yeah. My, my question is, if mankind is five million years old or thereabouts, why has it taken him such a long time to develop, and why has he developed only very re- relatively recently? <sighs> I see, you know what they've done, don't you? Because they put through that question about the mixtape and got a kicking for it. They've decided to go completely up the other extreme of the intellectual inquiries and come in with questions that Brian Cox, Stephen Hawking, Stephen Fry and... Well, I am on that level. Yeah, yes. evidently. Or are you? Because I'm not sure this is a good question at all. So, Where do you get your facts from? How do you know mankind's been around for five million years? Well, that's the, the various estimates, you know. But, but, but you don't mean Homo sapiens. Do you mean the beginning of human evolution, or do you mean someone recognisable as, as a human being like you or me? The latter, yes. And by development, you mean...? Well, technologically, you know, um, psychologically, why, why has he only relatively recently developed? Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, you're on. Theoretically, it could have happened certainly millennia ago. I mean, you look at the last 200 years, we've probably made more progress in the last 200 years than we had in the previous exactly. 2000. So what was he doing for the... Given that our brain... Given that, mil- uh, yeah, because if you look at intellectual achievement rather than technological achievement, we've still never improved on Aristotle. Well, exactly, yes. Or Ptolemy. Exactly. Wow. I have read a bit of those, but... My, um, my head's yeah, actually I mean, throbbing that- a bit. Is that normal now? Sorry. No, I've, 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 I've got two minutes till the tra- I've got two minutes till the travel and I'm reeling. I I've got whoa. Okay. Why did why did it take so long for us to evolve or to achieve so much technology? I mean, look at the industrial revolution from the industrial revolution to now, the world has gone through change on a scale absolutely incomprehensible to anybody born prior to the 17th century. But that wasn't even the question. <sighs> Come on, help me out. 0845 6060973. Stands at St Paul's. Stand, question or answer? Answer. Come on, then. Well, an attempt on an answer. It's all done with distant memory. You know the HMS um, question? I don't exactly know what shit was the very first one, but it uh, happened around the time of the English Civil War with Charles I because oh, yeah. the army was the uh, went against him, but the Navy stayed loyal, loyal and that was when they become the Royal Navy. Oh. So become His Majesty's Royal Navy. So when HMSR first shipped, I would imagine if it was all of them at the same time, I don't know exactly the name of the first one, but I'm almost certain that that was the time when the Navy stayed on one side and the Army went against Charles I. 
in the English Civil War. I'm going to so give you a, his Majesty's uh, role. You can give me half, then. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> I might give you a whole one, but it's a really because it's not an answer to the question that was asked, but it's a very helpful bit of history and it's a useful guarantee, a useful enforcer of that guarantee I make at twelve o'clock every day that you'll know more. You are you a hundred percent on the Civil War? That, that's when the Navy started. I remember identi- seeing a program about oh, it. Oh, mate, come on! You remember seeing a program? You're supposed to say I, I got, I've got a PhD a in maritime history or something like that. I've got a PhD in the Discovery Channel oh. as well. <laughs> Give him a round of applause if he's no, wrong. No. If, uh, there you go. So it'd be the first. So it would probably even if if you're right, HMS would have been applied to the ship long after it was launched. It wouldn't have been built as an HMS. It would have exactly. been yeah, ascribed yeah, HMS. Yeah, it was. It was the, the, the navy stayed loyal to Charles the first, and that was. No, I know. I know all that. You said all that. Oh, yeah, I know. yeah, but that's the Royal Navy. That's why they were called that. And the army's not the Royal Army, is it? Because they went against the um, the, the uh, aristocracy or the uh, monarch at the time. You're on. All right. Yeah. You've had your round of applause. Oh, it's 12.45. You're listening to Mystery Hour on LBC. We need an answer to that. You need just what was the first ship to be HMS? might not be possible to answer it because if it was the Civil War, every ship in the fleet would have been rendered HMS at the moment the Navy declared for Charles I, wouldn't it? Yes, James, definitely. Uh, explain the dark bits of clouds to me. Why does the human gestation period still take nine months when it would be evolutionarily advantageous to have a shorter pregnancy? And if you think that's tough, tell me why mankind's taken so long to evolve. 0845 6060 973. Stone the crows. <laughs> 10 to 1. LBC. Mystery Hour continues. Tony's in Chelsea. Question or answer, Tony? Hi, James. It's an answer about evolution. <laughs> okay. Apparently, um... Hang on, what's the question? Oh, the question was, how come it's only taken um, a fairly short time, apparently, for uh, human beings to develop? Yeah. To more or less what they are now. But actually, it hasn't taken a short time. It's about a million years. Uh, it's about a million years ago, uh, which, uh, when the... Uh, the, no, the, que- the, the question was, why is it taking so long, Tony? Oh, I thought, it, I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was, uh, how come it's taken only a fairly short time? I think you might still have a bit of evolving to do, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for taking that in the spirit it was intended. No, I mean, the questioner described human beings as being about five million years old and wondered why it was only relatively recently we'd done all the amazing stuff we'd done. Oh, right. Well, it's not five million. That's more, more like the, uh, uh, the total time yeah, that the, there has been for evolution. Um, man came on the scene... Uh, or early man, very early man, came on the scene about a million and a half years ago. So but someone recognisable as Homo sapiens would be about a million yeah. years. Australopithecines, I think, was the, uh, the first. Bless you. And why then didn't we do stuff sooner, given that we would have had the capability well, to it, do it? it? It's mostly uh, a large, a I know big the jump in evolution occurred when we started using tools. Yeah, and that was about uh, that was just. A, about a million years ago. And then that, that rockets forward uh, development of the brain and stuff. And, 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 then, and, and, of course, what we've both missed is the fact that the reason why we weren't faffing about writing operas or, or inventing the wheel, <laughs> the, the, the steam engine, is because we actually had to dedicate almost all of our waking hours to, to surviving and eating. Absolutely, yeah. So right. we, we had to go out hunting and gathering. We couldn't come back and just sort of jot up a blueprint for a, for a Stevenson's rocket or anything like that. No, no, no that's quite right. Or a computer or, or a loom. Or even decide on what uh, LBC could mean next. Exactly. <laughs> what? Give him a round <laughs> of applause. <laughs>
It's, tw- it's 12.52. I've got a few phone lines now, because I don't know that we'll have time for many more questions, but, but if you, the answers that we still need, if you know any of these... I, I, we've gone in on that. I, I think between us, Tony and I sorted that out, didn't we? That was fair comment. I let him have the round of applause, but I'm just nice like that. The very first ship to be HMS. If it does exist, we still need to find out. We need an explanation. I think we're getting one in a minute um, of why clouds have dark bits in them. I don't... It looks as if that if you have a Twitter account, it never dies yet. The technology's still too new for them to have started culling inactive accounts. Um, uh, but uh, again, we haven't gone definitive on that. Nor do we know what this decade is called. And nor do we know the origin of the phrase Stone the Crows, which is the very first question of the day. So if you can answer any of those, or indeed if you have been trying to get through and failing with answers to any of those, have another go now, because it's, uh, it's, 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 you've got a much, much better chance. Uh, Ken is in Hernhill. Ken, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, James. How are you doing? I'm all right, Ken. I'm a bit worried. <laughs> okay, right. Cloud. D- don't you want to know why? Okay, why, Jim James? Oh, you don't sound very interested <laughs> now that I've built <laughs> up a bit of theatre. <laughs> okay, why, please? The producer's written on the screen, Cloud's answer, too technical to write down here. <laughs> okay, the reason is, um, when light passes through the clouds, because the clouds, clouds have density, and there's uh, moisture in the clouds, which, of course, reflects because of protons in it, the thicker the actual cloud, the less light passes through. An example would be, be take a fabric and put it in front of a bulb, and it will diffuse the light. The more fabrics you put, the less and less light comes through. And that's the same principle that's happening. The reason why some parts are darker than the others, just imagine having different fabrics at different points in it, and you'll see why. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Do you want the good news or the bad news? What's the bad news? That's what I said. (laughs) Good news. I think you're right. Yeah, it's density. The thicker it is, less light passes through. Obviously. Okay. How can that be too technical to write down? Uh, tell him, tell him, tell him. Honestly, we've got problems in the pit lane today, haven't we, Ken? We're going to have to do something <laughs> about it. Let's give him a round of applause. Actually, should we share it, or do you want it all to yourself? It's entirely your choice, no pressure. You did actually say about the darkness, and that's true as well, so let's, let's, let's have half enough. I'm, I'm, I'm reasonable. Do you want the first half or the second half? Uh, well, your mum's give me all of it now since you said yeah, that. Yeah, all right, you keep all that. I, I'm all right, <laughs> I got one earlier. It's 12.55, it's Mystery Hour, it's Ben in Aldershot. Question or answer, Ben? It's an answer, James. Come on, then. Uh, Twitter. Um, basically, I've got a, a friend who died two years ago, sadly, oh, and, uh, sorry, his Twitter account's still there. Crikey. And it will remain there, presumably, until... I would assume so. I've just checked, and it's still online. Oh. Can, can I ask how that makes you feel? Uh, it, the, the, uh, the Twitter account, to me, it's, it's, it's quite nice, actually, the yeah. fact that even though he's gone, it's, we've still got a bit of him there, you know. I do know, because the only reason I ask is that I upgraded my phone the other day, and I, and, and, and I kept my text messages, and I just found a bunch from my dad, who I lost last December, over a year ago, and, and I didn't know whether I'd want to delete them, but I think I'm going to keep them forever. It's, it's kind of a nice thing, he's still got a few pictures of his boy up and that kind of thing, oh, so... Mate. Uh, you're right, but, I'll, um, I'll take a round of applause while I compose myself, all right? Thank you very much. <laughs> no, thank you. Poppy's in Reading, hello Poppy. Hey there. How are you doing? All right, thank you. I've got the answer to that um, crows one, stone of crows. I'll be the judge of that. No, I'm so excited I've got an answer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, then. <clears throat> okay, like, um, crows are like alarmist birds. Like, when, there's, when they get alarmed, like, if someone's, like, in the, in the area, like, trees and stuff, they make a lot of racket. They're noisy, aren't they? Yes. And so people used to have to try and kill them because if there was, like, a big ambush and stuff, and that they would, like, start making a noise and give, give up where they were. 
So they have to throw rocks at them to kill the birds to stop them making a racket and because they're alarmists. And that's why we say it when we're alarmed or like we're like something, we just go stone the crows. Qualifications? Um, George, 98, in a nursing home, he, I was just sitting in with dinner and he come out with the answer and I, I goes, I'll ring him, George. I'll go out to him, I can't ring him because he can't ring in because of the mental capacity. Yeah. Oh, bless Not allowed him. To. Is that right? But, because he's in, so you're working in a car home for people who aren't familiar with your sparkling contributions to this programme and indeed this radio station because a little bird told me you'd been phoning some other presenters, Poppy. Yeah, I listen to quite a lot of different yeah, things. Cheers for that. And like I have it on in the nursing home, like if people want it on in their rooms. And on the radio and that. Does so we help? were listening to it. Does it help? What? Does it help? Do people enjoy it in the nursing home? Yeah, because we, yeah, we can chat about stuff. Oh, it's that's nice lovely. And how did George know this? Or did, did George think it was a fairly he, simple question? No, he's a history. He was a history teacher in a boys' school. Oh, wow. But he's 98. And I'll go to him. I'll go to him. How do you know the answer, George? Because they will ask me if I ring in. And he goes, I'm 98, love. And I goes, yeah, but George, you've got dementia, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how to take that answer. But I think he's probably right. I'm going to give this round of applause to you, but only to pass on to George, Poppy. All right. No, he's listening. Back in the room, he's listening. Is George there now? He can hear what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He's George, thank you listening. for the fruits. You sound like the sort of teacher I could have done with in my youth, George. Accept this round of applause from us at LBC yeah. to you. <laughs> Thanks, Pops. Mind how you go. Brian in Chelsea's here to rain on everyone's parade. Stone <laughs> the clothes, James. I got through. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's in regard to that question. I've got a feeling, and I don't know where it comes from. Some people say that I'm just full of useless information. Oh, quick, spit it out. Julia's already waiting. And I think what it was is during the sort of military terms of the old navy was that the crow's nest was a major point. If a ship was not spotted by the lookout and was coming towards them and they got surprised attacked, the saying used to be, well, stone the crows. Uh, I, 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 quite, I prefer George's answer, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily wrong. Have a slightly charitable round of applause. That's it from me for another day. Brian, thank you. Thank you, everybody who's... Contr- Where does the time go? Well, we'll do it again tomorrow from 10. This is LBC. I am James O'Brien. Here is Julia Hartley-Brewer.